Welcome to A Canadian Investing in the U.S., a podcast and YouTube channel focused on Canadians buying real estate with host Glenn Sutherland. Welcome to a new episode of A Canadian Investing in the U.S. This week, my guest is Steve Leslie. Uh, Steve, you want to give us a, a little bit of a background to yourself and we'll, we'll jump into this. Sure. So my name's Steve. I've been, I've owned real estate for the last six years. Um, I've only bought just a few properties and, uh, much like most of the audience here, I've had my fair share of stories and headaches <laughs> and all the, uh, lessons from the school of hard knocks along the way. <laughs> and, uh, I guess I, I invest, uh, both in Ontario, Canada and in, uh, the U S strictly Michigan right now. And I'm looking to invest more in the U.S. I've since sold um, the two properties that I had in in Canada. So, awesome. Yeah. So cool. We got so much to talk about. So you uh, you sold the two properties in Canada. Um, just curious. Um, what was the what was the rationale behind that? Is it like an ROE play? Just a lot of equity? Uh, I, well, I don't know. I'm I'm kind of guessing at yeah. this, but <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, interesting stories for both okay the the first one i sold i actually bought in uh 2021 when it was the wild wild west of just throw money at it and see if you get it yeah and um this one was down in rodney which is like between london and chatham okay and beautiful property i i basically bought it because of the property like it was three quarters of an acre right beside a uh community center uh, the other, other two sides, you're surrounded by farmer's field, all the neighbors, like it was technically in town, but you felt like you were in the country and all the neighbors were at the road. You were, you know, 300 feet back. So it was nice and private, but the building itself was like, <laughs> yeah, the building itself was like, uh, I don't know about this. <laughs> and, uh, I made the mistake of not going through it. I, I was supposed to go through it, but. I was at another appointment and we ended up being like a half hour late because we were coming from Kitchener. And uh, anyways, I had the real estate agent walk through it, send me a video. And I was like, yeah, it looks good. Well, the kitchen in it was basically held up by Jesus because <laughs> honestly, it should have been condemned. And uh, so I just basically put, you know, blocks. It had a half cement wall yeah. so i just you know made sure that it was not going to fall yeah and uh yeah i was in way over my head at the same time uh you know i, I worked in the swimming pool industry and it was you know exploding for like two years just non-stop and so between you know the extra hour drive to work and back plus you know the renos that i would have to do myself and then um on top of just the stress from, from the pool industry, like it burnt me out and I was happy to sell it uh, about eight months after the fact, because the financial stress that came with it, basically from when my offer got accepted, all the financials fell apart on me and it was just an absolute disaster. So uh, definitely one for, for reflecting on and saying, I'll never do that again. But, um, so you did know, you lose had, some money on it or did you at least break even? Uh, I didn't lose my shirt, 
Okay. I lost money on it, but it wasn't like it's at just... the end of the day, it wasn't too bad. So Okay. Well, that was that was good. The uh, the second property I sold just a couple months ago, and that was the first uh, property that I ever owned. Yep. It's a townhouse in London, uh, a couple blocks from Fanshawe. And um, honestly, I was just I'm sick of the risks involved in, you know, specifically Ontario. But you have a high value asset. You're basically you know, as a landlord, you're hated upon and also, you know, you don't have the law in your favor. And especially with COVID, you know, people not paying their rents and, and whatnot, like, to me, there's a lot of risk there when I could just sell that off, go into the States and, um, you know, have, have a lot better, a yeah. uh, lot less risk, I guess. Yeah. So that's where that came from. Okay. All right, so you, uh, I'm guessing you, you completed those sales and then you started working on the, the U.S. stuff? Yeah, so um, the, well, I actually sold the townhouse uh, just a couple months ago. I started okay. finally, the, the U.S. one is interesting. I've had this for like three years. The U.S. We one? Bought, <laughs> yeah. Okay. We, uh, we bought this one a month before the world shut down. And, uh, you know, first time going into the States and I hadn't taken your course yet. I had basically done all my research on your podcast, which don't get me wrong, that first episode with Allie, there is so much to take away with that. And, uh, you know, just, just ended up going into the States and then the world shut down and we, we bought it for dirt cheap and, it just sat there because no, trying to get a contractor no with COVID. It, it, yeah. So finally now it's like, it's pretty much renovated. I had a, uh, um, just waiting on a plumber to do like a day's work. Been waiting for like almost two months now. Oh. And, uh, yeah, but I had at the end of 2020 start of 2021, yeah. I got an $800 water bill which the water where I bought is billed um, quarterly. Yeah. And so I messaged my property manager and, and uh, he was like, that doesn't, cause I thought someone was living in it. Yeah. And he's like, that doesn't sound, that sounds a little high for that. Yeah. And so he sent one of his guys over to investigate. Well, what happened was there's galvanized pipe going from the basement to the upstairs in an out, sidewall cavity in a building that was built in like early 1900s so like no insulation i thought the water to the upstairs was all shut off but it was just the hot water line that was shut off so the cold water line cracked and leaked and i thought because at the time i'm going okay well it must have just been in the basement which was right it would have been right by the sump pump. The basement is unfinished. So, you know, maybe it should be okay, right? And then I didn't realize until I went there um, last fall when my neighbor said, no, I saw the water leaking out of the main floor window. And I called the city because she knew that we were from Canada. I called the city to have them shut off the water. <laughs> 
So by the time I got there, because you know, I, I would have the uh, the property manager check on it, you know, periodically, and yeah, um, but I didn't really think much of it. I was like, it's locked. You know, it's in a safe part of town. It's kind of on the edge of town. Yeah, and um, you know, they've never had any reason to say someone's in there, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, year and a half later, all the uh, flooding <laughs> had. Uh, caused significant damage um actually it wasn't that bad in the scheme of things um but we did have to like redo the floors and and uh it just part of over the main floor so the, the pipe broke yeah. on the main floor then it oh. broke in the cavity uh between the main floor and the the second story and then uh so right now i have a, a drywall guy waiting and he's like, yeah, there's some mold on some of the walls. Like, not, it's not bad. It's just like a little bit. Um, so he's gonna, you know, get rid of everything and and redo it. It's just a matter of finally getting a plumber, which has been like my arch nemesis this whole time. Ah, uh, oh, that's that's horrible. So this this property, I'm guessing, gets a duplex. Hello, everybody. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Uh, I just wanted to let you know that I've created a new coaching program. I believe the new coaching program has way more value than any of the programs that have even existed in the past. What we've done is pre-recorded all the lessons so that you can work through it at your own pace, which is pretty cool. And then we're going to meet up on a regular basis to answer the questions, do a deal analysis, and actually spend our time together working on things instead of spending our time learning things. I think this will make a seamless transition to buying in the United States and will help you solve a lot of your problems. If this is of interest to you, go to glensutherland.com slash coaching. I hope to help you guys invest in the United States, and I hope we provide as much value as possible. Back to the podcast. It's a single family, but it had a second floor kitchen. Like it had two kitchens in it. So it was, and a back entrance just needed like a, um, like a walkway to come up. So it was all set up for a duplex. Like it even had a, like a gas stove up there and everything. And the, the way that the front um, foyer was like, you could easily section it off. And um, yeah, it was just interesting timing. But the good thing on that is talking with my real estate agent. Um, she's been really good throughout this whole thing. And, and she was telling me when I saw her, you know, back in the fall, yeah. she reminded me that in the States, it doesn't really matter that the interest rates are going up unless you're like buying now, expecting lending because anyone with a property refied at low rates, locked in for 30 years. So there was still a lot of money going around and, just like a month or so ago, maybe two months now, um, she had texted me and said, yeah, we're probably going to get like, it was about triple what we bought it for. So oh. at the end of the day, we're going to make some money on it. It's just a plumber. <laughs> <laughs> so that's your, that was my next question. So the, the plan is, is, is it a flip then? If you're planning to, you just start buying it, renovating it, and then yep. back on the market? Yeah. Yeah, flip it and then uh, look for, for other investments, I guess. Awesome. Um, no, that sounds good. Um, do you, I don't know, you, you don't have to answer this, but uh, what kind of numbers are you, are you expecting to get on it? And, and how does the, um, um, the damage play into that? 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll have to calculate, um, you know, what the final tallies are because it's basically been just this year that all these renovations took place. Like there was a few things that we were able to get done, yeah. just like cosmetically before the, you know, the world shut down. But um, so I'll have to tally that up. But it's still you're gonna be it's, it's, oh yeah like yeah yeah we're yeah. expecting um she had said to, to expect like between 180 to 200 okay and even if it went for like 150 we're we're still ahead so that's that's good and that's nice to have that kind of the, the you need some gap in there right just in case um so what's the plan going forward so you you got this you got you had some properties. You've had a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> right term. Had a lot of fun with your real estate. Um, what's the plan going forward? Uh, going forward, I'm actually looking at starting my own uh, marketing business and and actually starting my own podcast. Okay. And uh, more along like marketing, helping people out with. There's there's a lot of people that get into business that are really good at what they do. Yeah. but they don't really know that they have to wear the sales hat. So that sort of aspect. Um, and so I really want to kind of step away and be more of like a silent partner, just take equity and hand it off and let someone else worry about the headaches. And so, I, I need a timeout right now. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Yeah. So um, you're, you're still talking real estate though, right? Like when you're, when you say that or do you? Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you have, you, you basically take on another partner to, you know, do the uh, deal with the, the, the fun. <laughs> They're talking. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I guess the, the overarching lessons that I've learned, even though I've, you know, I have three properties and, um, it's done so much for me. And I, I would say the story that how I got into real estate was actually like most people kind of set goals and, um, you know, work towards it and actively, you know, save up and work towards it. And mine was just kind of like started with a conversation. <laughs> and so like asking questions, especially like remaining a student and asking questions and seeking out mentors. That's been where the biggest returns have been for me, like yeah. not just in real estate, but also just in life. And um, the story behind my townhouse really um, started off a conversation, but I had set a goal back in 2014 and it didn't come to fruition until 2017. And, uh, you know, the importance of setting goals. There is 2014. I've had the, I've set the biggest goals and had the biggest rewards because of it. And it all started after hitting, you know, a, a really low point and really getting into personal development, setting goals and being focused on that. And one of the goals, I actually found it in, one of my journals a couple of years ago yeah. um, to own a, a live-in slash rental property, like house hacking yeah, yeah. Um, in London, like by Fanshawe. Yeah. And I could have sworn, I haven't found the evidence yet, but I could have sworn I said by the time I was 28 and 18 days before I turned 28 was when I got the keys to my, my townhouse. 
And that really started because I, uh, my, one of my bosses at my job, uh, he was like a self-made millionaire. Like he started from nothing. His, his parents, um, you know, came from the Deutschland. And, uh, so he, he started from nothing and I was very drawn to that. Like, how do you, what did you do sort of thing? Like, what would you recommend a guy like me do? And uh, he's like, honestly, I would get into real estate. And he ended up coming with me to check out, you know, different places. And he's like, this is what you want to look for, not just at the house, but also like in the neighborhood where you want to be like. And this is this guy, he had properties. Um, I think he, at one time he had like five uh duplexes and triplexes maybe even a quadplex in there yeah. downtown london when they were like cheap <laughs> less than 100 grand yeah <laughs> <laughs> which wasn't like too long ago no but he would buy the ones that he's like they should have been bulldozed and i'd buy them fix them up and rent them out and they were cash cows <laughs> <laughs> so that's how that came about yeah and then the whole uh, investing in the U.S. came about. It was kind of like a lead up of uh, talking with a buddy of mine that was saying, you know, you should look at real estate in the states. Like it's so much cheaper, even with the conversion. And then on uh, Father's Day weekend, my dad and I went to um, Bay City in Michigan, and uh, I saw all these big estates. And I'm like, I'm curious, what? How much are these things? like less than a hundred grand for like, you know, a 2000 square square foot, uh, um, yeah. you know, house and, you know, beautiful properties and you're almost on the lake. And so there's a lot going for it. Like all the little boxes you want to check the transit system. Are they investing in infrastructure? Um, any schools, universities, like all that stuff and, um, population and whatnot. And, so it was checking every box except the population had been in decline for since the 60s, but it had started to plateau and even like start growing a little bit. Mm -hmm. So anyways, that's what caught my interest. And fast forward a couple months, I was in, um, I was in Utah for a week. Yeah. And that's when this stranger on Facebook reached out and said, hey, my name's Glenn Sutherland. I have a podcast and you know we're connected with some of the the same people i thought you might want to check it out it's about you know investing in the states and so i don't like, know yeah i got a full that's awesome no <laughs> uh, yeah 2019 october 2019 and i had like a four hour um a four hour drive later that week so that's what i did was i listened to i don't know how many of your podcasts and yeah so that's really what kind of interested me me in getting down to the states and then coupled with that earlier in 2019 i went to grant cardone's um 10x con in miami yeah and so i had like really wanted to learn as much as i could about real estate and he used to have a show um he would do on youtube like every monday that was about real estate so i learned a lot of terminology from him and then one of the things he said was like you know put the pressure on if you want to if you want to advance, like put the pressure on yourself and you're forced to, to, uh, you know, figure it out. 
Yeah. And so that's what, that's what I did. I, I went down, checked out um, some properties, went and found a, a business partner a, like a few days later. Yeah. And then the following week we were both there and we put an offer on the place. That's cool. So maybe we'll, like, let's go into that a little bit. I had a couple questions for you, but I'm, you just mentioned the business partner. So I'm guessing you, you picked, you found an American uh, for this business partner down in, in Miami. No. Okay. No, 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 no. Uh, <laughs> I, I just took the lesson way of like, you know, put the pressure on yourself. Put the pressure on. Yeah. Okay. And that's also, that's, and, I love that, that idea. Cause like you just make it so you can't go backwards, make, put yourself in a, a, a vulnerable spot, go, Put yourself yeah. so there's no turning back. You gotta you gotta keep going. Burn the bridges. Yeah, that's it. And I mean, at the time I was also like at that conference, there was also Jesse Itzler, and that's where I discovered David Goggins and got into like training to do ultra marathons. So the whole notion of what if, right? Like that little phrase of what if, what if I could do this? Yeah. Um, it was really drilled in my head and and so I just I went for it and um, I should also add, we didn't, we had, uh, well, I didn't think that we had all the funds we needed. And I was at the same time after I did the offer, that's when I started doing a refi on my townhouse. And I think it finally closed like a week after we were set to close in the States. Oh. That's but luckily, <laughs> luckily we had enough funds to close it because <laughs> we bought it like straight up cash. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so. <laughs> so if you were going to do this all again, the, the Canadian real estate, the American real estate, if you're going to do, do it all again, would you do it the same way? What would you change, if anything? Um, I have no, no regrets, yeah. but uh I guess the best thing to keep in mind, the, the biggest takeaway that I would say is to find a mentor because as it relates to, um, you know, buying that first property in, in London, I would have had no idea how to do anything. And I luckily had a really good mentor to, to help show me the way there. And then, um, you know, I, I recently took your course, Glenn, um, going into the start of, this past year. Cause I was like, I really want to figure this out and, and get more familiar on how you actually do these things. And so becoming more, more familiar on how the process works, um, you know, maybe just seeing if you can invest with a mentor or, um, you know, even, even try to um, take them out for lunch or, or go to conferences and whatnot. Like, I don't know if you remember this or not, I do, but I know where you're going with this. <laughs> in I, th I think it was January 2020. Yeah, there was um, like uh, we had put in the offer, and I was like, I got to learn a lot more really, really quickly. And so I reached out to you, and you said, "Well, I'm going to a meetup in Toronto or Ajax, yeah. and uh, if you want, like, we can meet up." at the 401 and, and I'll drive and you can ask me questions. And it was like, I, I can't thank you enough, Glenn, for the amount of value that you have been like, and this was, I, all I, 
the, the only uh, value that I had given back was I downloaded a few podcasts. That was it. So that's, that's the fact that you for, right? I, I wasn't looking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But what I'm saying is like, if you're looking for someone who's, you know, just got a, a serve mentality, like you're the guy for sure. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. oh, so oh, that was a little deep, but um, I'm going to drill you again. So you, if you were going to, I know you said that you had no regrets, but if you're going to, um, if you're going to buy in the U.S. or buy in Canada, you do the exact same thing, or um, I'm just guessing because there were some problems with, um, you know, with the water breaking. Would you like? Have you implemented any systems or plan to implement any systems on the next property to to prevent that? To um, try and help you, like some of the stuff you've learned um, from your Canadian properties. Is there things that you you would have done to, you know, mitigate some of those those issues? Well, moving forward. What I would do is, um, like, unbeknownst to us, we found a property manager. We actually met with two property managers, and yeah. the first one that was going to look after us, like, abandoned us. Never heard from them after the world shut down. So luckily, we had a second contact that we had met, and he's like, yeah, I'll take you on, no problem. And, and like, thank God, because this guy is has been a blessing in disguise. He takes care of things immediately, and and yeah, like he's been really good. Um, so the so takeaway like, would be to like get someone, get someone else to like micromanage basically the thing, right? To get yeah, definitely, definitely develop that relationship with the property manager first, and also find out like who their contacts are because they're looking after a lot of different properties, so they're gonna have contacts for all different contractors and yeah um you know all that stuff so um that would be probably the the best yeah. thing to do people forget um, about that like they they just they downplay what how much knowledge some of these property managers have they have the ability yeah. to like they they know they do tenant turnovers so they got like flooring guys they got stuff you know plumbing breaks they got plumbers hvac breaks they got hvac companies they have the contacts so you know sometimes that's um working with the team you already have could be a great way to to leverage and grow your business um yeah absolutely um, and then too like because they know each other you have someone that can you know make sure that the work's getting done and they have a good a, a good communication line yeah yeah i like it uh i would also recommend um i guess one thing that i would change would be definitely to take your course and get a little more familiar with everything because that was incredible. The amount of knowledge and um, expertise and even contacts from that, like always, like always seek a mentor. Even yeah. like just being around some other people, like um, I've had some of my, it depends on the course too, right? Or like the class, but I've had some of the students start working together. Like they're, they both have the same goal or, you know, two or three of them have the exact same goal. Um, and uh, yeah, I, like, I, I know for sure of, of this, this, these two guys that were in the course and now they're, uh, they're flipping properties in Toledo, right? <laughs> it's just, yep. they, they, they met all in the course and then they just, they realized that they had a yin and a yang opposites. And one had money, one had time, one wanted to do this, one didn't want to do this part and they just worked together. Right. So you never you never know who you're gonna you'd be around, right? Yeah. 
but something that I learned early on was that anything can happen in a conversation. And I think you can attest to this, like how many times have you gone to your kids hockey games and all of a sudden you got some new, some new uh, partners in the works, like, and it's not like you went with a agenda. You just sat down with a hat on and yeah, had a conversation. I know exactly the story you're talking about. Like a lot of, everyone sees me with these hats, right? Um, and I wear, I have a white one. I got a blue one. I got a black one. I got a gray one. Uh, I, I have a whole bunch of different colors and I just always showed up in these hats and it, it just turned into a conversation, you know, just talking with hockey moms just around the hockey arena. And they're just like, Hey Glenn, what the, what's with the hat? What, what is that? You have like a, you had a different one last week, but it's the same. What, what is that brand? I've never heard of it. And then you just starts a conversation. You do your little elevator pitch, right? Like, you know, I, we, we buy houses in the U S uh, we, we, you work with Canadian investors. We give them an amazing return. And like, what do you do? And then, you know, let them come back to you, let them come back and ask you about it or they won't, if they're not interested, no shame, right? Like, you just keep moving on. But uh, more times than not, They'll be interested to wait, what kind of, what is a good return? Like, what, what are you talking about? What, what are you interested in? And, uh, you know, just branding yourself. Um, you're talking about doing marketing, uh, branding yourself, being just wearing your stuff everywhere. Um, like, honestly, we went to do this podcast and I put the hat on to sit down to do the podcast so that it's, it's branded, but I wasn't wearing my hat before this. <laughs> I was walking around the house with no hat. Um, I actually went to uh, speak at a meetup in Guelph and I didn't wear my hat and people were like, is that you, Glenn? <laughs> yeah, you yeah. have a certain look. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, um, awesome. Anyway, uh, Steve, you're you're looking, you're you're doing, you're planning to do some more stuff. Um, people are looking to like reach out to you. They want to uh, get in contact with you, um, see what you're up to. Um, you know, even learn. You know, maybe pick your brain to for some lessons or some some tips for setting all this stuff up because you've you've done it uh, before. Uh, how do they get a, a hold of you to, to do that? Um, best way is probably on Instagram. I'm steve.leslie.91. And uh, yeah, I also have a YouTube page for my hiking videos where I do a lot of intense stuff there, but Instagram is probably the best way. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. I'm guessing you're a 91 birthday. Either that or you're a big Fedorov fan. <laughs> uh, actually, Sackick. Oh, Sackick. Sackick. From, from the O2 uh, gold medal. <laughs> Still hockey. Still hockey. Anyway, Steve, thanks so much for coming on the show. Uh, I really appreciate it. Thank you, Glenn. That was a nice video. Bye.